Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. Illini Enquirer publisher Jeremy Werner here with you. And boy, we've been talking a lot here recently, or me talking at you, but it's been fun uh, knocking out all these podcasts over the last couple weeks and hope to make that a more regular thing. And of course, we've had a lot to talk about. So much news. It feels like we're waiting so long for things to happen. And then the last week, everything is happening. Uh, so we've talked everything about Illinois basketball uh, and, and I would assume with Kofi Coburn coming back, Illinois football adding more transfers. And, of course, the Big Ten football schedule uh, coming out here recently. Uh, But I didn't want to pass up this uh, story, which is having a big impact on the recruiting cycle. And the IHSA, along with many other state athletic associations that uh, run high school sports, have either postponed uh, their fall football seasons or, um, you know, moved them back, all these different things. But here in Illinois, the IHSA a couple weeks ago postponed their season to the spring. And that's going to have a big impact on the recruiting cycle. And uh, I reached out to this guy just a few days ago and, and just one of the nicer guys in the business and, and a guy I really look up to uh, in this business. And uh, he was kind enough to join me and break down the IHSA's decision, the impacts on recruiting, as well as, uh, as a couple new Illinois commits or commits in the class of 2021 uh, from the state of Illinois. Uh, so coming up next, we'll talk with Tim O'Halloran. You know him better as Edgy Tim. EdgyTim.com. He's covered Illinois high school football and recruiting for the last three decades in the state. He knows high school football in this state as well as anybody in recruiting, as well as anybody as well. Uh, so coming up next, we'll talk about how the IHSA's postponement affects both high school prospects and schools. We'll talk about that coming up next on the On Enquirer podcast. Welcome back into the Illini Enquirer podcast. And while the Big Ten is going to go ahead and try to play some football games this fall, uh, the IHSA, Illinois State High Schools, will not. They've postponed their season and will have a shorter season, uh, season in the spring. And joining us to talk about that and just the impact it could have on the recruiting cycle and all of that is, is a guy that I respect uh, greatly in this business. He's as good as uh, what he does as anybody. That's Tim and You know him as Edgy Tim, edgytim.com, part of the Rivals.com network edgy how are you man well first of all i appreciate that but you obviously need to get out and meet more people so <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm gonna toot your horn for you since you won't um, <laughs> glad someone does i appreciate that so well edgy you have covered high school football in the state for for how long now well publisher for 25 and overall probably close to 30 so yeah i've been at this for a while What's this been like to cover for you these last four months? Well, it's been chaotic. It's been kind of unnerving. It's been kind of everything and, and then some. I mean, yeah, I think I think just being involved in covering recruiting is kind of good preparation for times like these where things Things, as you all know, in the recruiting world has changed so much over the last four or five years. It's, it's just a constant cycle of something new. And, you know, this is like something new times a thousand. So it's, uh, you know, again, it's different because, you know, I'm, I am dealing with young men and, and families. And, uh, you know, you see, a, you see a lot of different angles of the impact of, of what, led up to uh, IHSA canceling, you know, the fall and moving on to the spring. And Jeremy, just the impact is, is incredibly widespread and impacts so many different kids and so many different levels of, of college football. And now and down the line and future 
classes, and uh, it's kind of mind-boggling how much can be be really impacted by all of this. Yeah, we're all impacted this in some way. Um, but for the college fan who didn't keep up with the day-to-day of the IHSA and just following you guys who had to cover this, I didn't envy you. Um, how would you describe how the IHSA approached whether or not to play this fall? You know, I'll, I'll be honest. I um, and this is probably one of the few times that they can, or, or really anyone involved in IHSA can say I've been in their camp. I've kind of been in their camp during this because, you know, the feeling I got from from the very beginning was okay. This is this is what's going on. These are the restrictions put in place. The IHSA kind of took that and said, okay, well let's let's work out our plan and and do the best we can to to try to get some semblance of of structure for the, you know, for the high school coaches and the, and, and the ADs to follow. And they had done that up to a certain point. Then all of a sudden, I just think it got to the point where you had the department of health and the governor's office and everyone else getting involved in this. And I really think the tipping point was when uh, they had moved forward in the return to play policy. And about three days later, the brakes were put on and, and that just kind of, you know, and after that, I just think the IHSA realized that, uh, their hands are pretty tight in all of this and just let kind of the department of health and the governor's office take the lead on this. And, and then it just, to me, just the whole aspect and dimension of this changed and, and then it became really out of their hands. So, I mean, as far as their responsibility, Jeremy and, and handling what they were able or at least capable of handling, I thought they did all right. And unfortunately, when you bring all these different entities together and try to make a decision and, and get things sorted out, things get muddied, and I think that's exactly what happened in this case. Yeah, don't envy having to make uh, decisions like this uh, when no, so many people are affected. No, no one signed up for this, trust me. Yeah. Well, they eventually decide to postpone until the spring, and that obviously gives some hope uh, to, to high schoolers that football can happen uh, at a later date. But how has that been received, Edgy, by administrators, coaches, players, families? Yeah, I've talked to a lot of them since, and, you know, I, I think the general consensus feeling was, number one, no one was really surprised that it was going to be moved. Um, you know, I, I think everyone kind of saw the writing on the wall maybe a month or, month or two ago that, hey, this this is not going in, in, in the speed in the right direction we wanted to, so there was that. And then, um, you know, as far as just the overall feeling has kind of been, well, they look back at the spring sports from last year and saw how baseball and softball and, and, you know, basketball got wiped out during the playoffs and the thought of being, well, at least maybe we have a shot of having a season. So I, I think, you know, the feedback has been, Hey, okay, this is not great. We're not happy about it, but let's try to uh, recover here and, and hopefully things will clear up and, and we'll have a shot at the spring. And so everyone's trying to, uh, you know, the old keep keep the chin high and, and go back to work, and that's kind of been the approach by just about everyone I've talked to. How have you, even though this impacts plenty of people who won't play college football, Edgy, but how do, how have you seen this impact the recruitment uh, or the recruiting process of those who will? Well, it, I mean, it was already a, a process that was pushed forward on the calendar, and this did it even even more so. Um, you know, especially when the IHSA finally came out and announced that they were moving into spring, I think kids that were, we'll call them kind of, kind of on the on the fringe kids, maybe kids that were getting FCS offers and some interest from maybe some Big Tens and some Mac schools that hadn't had that offer yet. But those were kids that they wanted to see in person and evaluate, and and really that kind of trickles all the way down to the D three level where 
you know, kids were drawing interest, but maybe not offers or, or real serious attention. And all of a sudden, when you realize that, hey, guess what? We're not going to have any kind of tape this fall. A lot of these kids are looking at their, their offers now that they have, and, and I think they're making that decision now. And, you know, I mean, we already have, I think we're in the low 70s for kids that have already verbally committed between F- FBS and FCS, and that's more than what we had signed letters of intent last year already. So it's uh, it's definitely just pushed up a, a process that was already heading earlier, even earlier. And, uh, you know, the negative of that being is there are a lot of kids that could have maybe had uh, possibilities. I mean, you've covered kids that maybe hadn't gotten an offer from Illinois, but had drawn interest. And I just think those kids are going to unfortunately just not have those opportunities that they would have had in other years because of all this. And some kids go on the fall uh, on the field in the fall and impress people like Alex Pelcheski, who's now going to be a, a four year starter right. here at the University of Illinois. But but Edgy, you've also lost camps, right? The, the camp process. Uh, how is sure. how have you seen that impact, um, especially high school seniors, guys going into their senior year? Yeah, huge. I mean, it, it, again, it's you know even even working your way down to the to the to the lower levels of college football. I mean. You know, they recruit and they evaluate as well, and, and they go to those college camps just as much as anyone. And now all of a sudden, you haven't seen kids. So, and, and, and again, then you're, you're putting the, the same group of kids that maybe they had interest in. Now they have to wait till the spring, and, you know, it, it continues to push things back, and, and it doesn't help kids whatsoever because there's kids from other states that are going to have fall tape that they're just automatically going to evaluate because they're able to. And, uh, you know, again, it is just not a good mix whatsoever. And, you know, again, as I talked about, there's there's other aspects of law. You look at spring ball for high school. Jeremy, how many of your kids have signed letters of intent to Illinois do you want playing their senior year in the spring after they've signed a letter of intent? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, that's a, that's a whole other issue that, you know, I think certainly from an in-state perspective, you're going to say that you want to support that, and publicly you will. But I think if you talk to kids that signed Power 5 scholarship uh, letters of intent uh, programs, especially out of state, I think you're going to get a much different answer. And uh, so that is also going to impact a lot of things, certainly from the, the overall quality of football, where I think a lot of those kids that signed letters of intent, a good portion of them might not play their spring or their senior season. So just a lot of different angles on this. How is it, uh, Edgy, because we're so focused on these seniors, but as you and I both know, the junior year um, is a huge year for evaluation because you've maybe grown into your body and you get to play more varsity ball. Uh, and a lot of these kids get noticed at camps and then they get their uh, their fall film out there as juniors. How have you seen it impact that class or how will it impact that class? Well, I think it already has just from the evaluation standpoint. You mentioned camps and, you know, and, and you know as well as I do, I mean, one of the, one of the more intriguing parts of those camps are finding the the freshman and the sophomore kid that nobody really knew a lot of. And all of a sudden they show up at these camps and look great. And the recruiting takes off from there. Now schools have certainly extended some offers to the 22 and the 23 class or what kids that I would term kind of a low hanging fruit. And, uh, but Jeremy, I've talked to a bunch of different big 10 coaches around and, and kind of the feedback on a consensus has been, you know, we got bigger things to worry about right now, honestly, that, you know, we kind of keep tabs of, of those kids that we've been into already and maybe have offers or interest in. But there's not a lot of in-depth recruiting going on right now and evaluations of those younger kids because, number one, they don't have the tape. And, number two, 
you know, the priorities have just changed. So maybe on the records will tell you they're, they're out there killing it for the 2023 class, but I think the reality is a lot of it gets put on hold and will continue to get put on hold because, as we mentioned, there's just not going to be anything to evaluate this fall. Edgy, how has this impacted just uh, who will play uh, Illinois high school football? You, you mentioned uh, some kids that uh, are Power 5 kids that might not want to do it and, and risk themselves, or those Power 5 schools don't want them to risk themselves. But it feels like you're starting to see some kids that are deciding to, to go to other states to play their, their seasons. Yeah, it's interesting, Jeremy, because it's kind of the – well, okay, everyone's outraged and, and kind of the reacting. I don't want to call it lashing out, but saying, okay, you know what, we're going to move. You know, I'm, we're moving. We're going to a different state. And, you know, the danger and all that, and God knows I've taken enough phone calls from parents, is we don't know what's going to happen in those other states. They're, they're, they're talking to talk now, but three weeks from now or four weeks from now, they might end up just, just canceling their season as well. So there's there's that aspect of it where, you know, it's definitely a gamble, but yeah, we've already seen that and I think we'll continue to see it. And um, the other thing about, you know, if you're a basketball, football track guy, you're going to go three seasons back to back to back with no break, no rest, no recovery anywhere. Um, You talk about something that's going to completely discourage three sport athletes. I think this truncated spring schedule is going to be it. So you're going to lose kids from that aspect of law where you're going to force some kids to just say, look, I, there's no way I'm going to be able to do it. And I've talked to kids that have already said, there's no way I can do track or there's no way I can do basketball and do, do football as well. It's just not going to happen. So, yeah, not great stuff. Not great stuff at all. Edgy, what do you think a spring season will look like if they can pull it off? Well, they've already said it's going to be a shortened Regular season, so they are telling high schools to plan and to start scheduling for a seven-game regular season, which in most cases, Jeremy, it's going to be just strictly a conference schedule. You're not going to see the non-conference games that you would have seen in a regular nine-week regular season. So I think you'll see seven games, and then we'll see some type of postseason, and I think what will impact the postseason. Now, I don't think we're going to see state championship games at Champaign. I really don't. I think it's going to be more regionalized. Uh, I think that whatever playoff system they develop is going to be more regionalized because of this pandemic. Um, and I think the length of the postseason, I just think, depends on how far we move along and, and how far we progress in this thing. I mean, if we do get, as everyone keeps claiming, if we do get a uh, vaccine by the end of the year, maybe we proceed and have a longer playoff system and maybe something that reflects more of what we're used to. But uh, I just see... Jeremy, right now, just they're planning on a truncated postseason and a seven-game regular season. Keep our fingers crossed that at least we can get that in, and if things go well, maybe they can extend it. They have said, the yeah, they has said that a lot of this is tentative and obviously could change for the better or for the worse. So, uh, like everything else in this world, my friend, now it's just kind of wait and see. Well, Edgy, before we let you go, uh, we have talked far too often about Illinois football's struggles of recruiting the state, but they are trying, uh, especially with offensive linemen, uh, and they've added commitments to the last time I talked to you uh, from Josh Kurtz and Zachary Barlev, two guys that didn't have any other Power 5 offers, so I think Illinois is kind of showing it, it still will prioritize uh, some of those guys. Uh, what do you think about those additions for Illinois? Well, and two two kids that are, are going to be really interesting to watch. And I mean, I had a chance to see Josh Cruz live a couple of times, and he's exactly kind of what you think he would be. I mean, he is the son of Owen Cruz, and 
and just a, a kid that is, is really fundamentally sound and, and plays at a really high level. He's certainly just a more of a center center type, but uh, again, really good player that I think can wind up working out well for Illinois. And then, uh, you know, Zach Barlett is a kid that you, you talk about the kid that has developed since we saw him last year and has gained some size and some muscle. And he's that kind of kid. I, I saw him about a month ago, and you know, he's closer to 290 than uh, I think a lot of us have him listed at maybe 260 or 270. And the kid that's made a lot of progress, uh, Brad Koontz is head coach of Plainfield East, I've known for a long time. And, and Brad raves about him, and it worked, raves about the work that he's put in. So, again, might not be highly ranked right now, but what matters is uh, what he develops into. And certainly physically, he's got a lot of things he's got to like. So, again, and, uh, another interesting kid that uh, definitely is worth keeping an eye on to see how he develops here. And what do you think about a fast rising kid uh, that grew up right to where I grew up? And that's Josh Geske in Mantino. Big offensive line that's gotten a couple power five offers, including Illinois. Yeah, just, you know, again, just uh, kind of a smaller school grinder type kid, really great personality. And, uh, you know, I think he's another one that uh, now that the IHSA haven't had a chance to talk to him in a little bit, but uh, now that the IHSA has definitely moved the season, I think his timetable. He's going to get pushed up a bit here. I just don't, you know, he's been insistent on waiting till the end of the season and, you know, being that kind of kid and, you know, getting getting some input and some looks from others. But uh, obviously I think that whole time frame is going to get juggled. And, and I like Illinois' chances because, honestly, he's a, he's a higher academic kid. And I think really from the football perspective and the academic perspective, Illinois is certainly by far his best offer right now. Great stuff as always. Edgy Tim, Rivals.com, EdgyTim.com covers the state as well as anybody. Well, Tim, I'm hoping you get to cover some football soon, whether it's camps. I know some of those are going on and everything, but uh, most importantly, hope everybody stays safe and always appreciate the insight. I am going to answer the ultimate question of what in the world am I going to do in the fall without football? <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Watching the White Sox in a hopeful playoff. That, that's, what, that's what I hope, Edgy. God, I hope so. Thanks, Al. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Tim. Great insight from Tim O'Halloran, edgytim.com. Follow my Twitter, at edgytim, by the way. But uh, Edgy and I have always kind of worked for competitors, but uh, just always gotten along uh, with Edgy. He's one of the great people in this business and uh, obviously full of insight on what's going on there with the IHSA. Wanted to give you a little bit different angle about what's going on, especially in the recruiting world and just how the state's decision, even if it's understandable, has an impact on, on the recruiting process of so many prospects in the state and not just seniors. Seniors, uh, but the underclassmen and juniors as well. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you don't already, subscribe to us, rate us, review us wherever you get your podcasts. We really appreciated that. Hopping into the uh, Apple Podcast Top 200 this week. That's been great to see. Uh, and also, uh, thanks for all of our subscribers and the support on the website and the VIP access side. And if you aren't part of that right now, want to remind you that through the end of this month, but, but take advantage of it now because we're going to have some great content on football and basketball coming up. Uh, but you can get 50% off an annual VIP subscription uh, to Illini Inquirer, your first year, 50% off. That's more than $50 of savings. Uh, so go to the website. You can sign up for that now. Uh, we got plenty of insight into basketball. I just did an interesting interview for Illinois football um, about recruiting during the pandemic. Uh, you'll see some of that coming up on the website uh, shortly as well. As always, thanks for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast.